We're glad you're on board. Welcome back to Bill Michael's show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, the ICHC.net, ICHC.net. And uh, they had a spectacular weekend. Uh, Rory Makeham was there uh, on Friday, and I heard it was fantastic. And you're not, that's okay if you missed it. You've got Christmas O'Carolyn featuring the Reverie Road uh, group. Uh, they're going to be there on December 18th. Go to ICHC.net, the Irish Cultural and Heritage Center, uh, right there on Wisconsin Avenue in Milwaukee. Uh, just a, I heard it was a beautiful, beautiful concert by uh, Rory Makeham. Uh, and now you've got a chance to get back down and catch another one in Reverie Road. Christmas O'Carolyn, which uh, if you don't get the Christmas spirit doing that, I don't know what you do. My grandmother, was uh, her last name was Delbrugie. And she was just hardcore Irish Catholic, hardcore. And we used to hear all of the Christmas carols, but all in Irish uh, um, um, dialect, so to speak, when I would go over to her house growing up as a kid. She was really big into all the other you know, Christmas music stuff, too, Nat King Cole and all that stuff. But uh, she would play a lot of Irish Christmas music and kind of takes me back. So if you're looking for something really good to do and put you into the holiday spirit, uh, go to ICHC.net or call them for tickets. Uh, there are some tickets available. 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. That's ICHC.net. ICHC.net or 414-345-8800. 345 That's the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. Um, well, the Packers get a win, so people are excited. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you've got the Badgers. Uh, they're going to be heading off to a bowl game, the Guarantee Rate Bowl. Ben, are you excited about the Guarantee Rate Bowl? Well, yes. There are many exciting angles. Luke Fickle will be the head coach. We don't know if Jim Leonard's staying, despite what was reported initially. Yeah, so let's go back to that, because originally it was reported that he's staying and he's going to take over as the defensive coordinator. They weren't really sure total of what his role was going to be, but that's what it was. And then it was like, no, wait a minute, Luke Fickle put the the clamps on that and said, no, there's nothing's been determined yet. What the hell happened? Well... Luke Fickle did a press conference yesterday talking about the bowl game, and they asked him if Jim Leonard had decided yet on returning. And Fickle said, and this was assumed, that he had offered Jim Leonard the defensive coordinator job, that if he wants to stay, he can. But he said Leonard had not decided yet. What was reported on Saturday by the Journal Sentinel, I believe, was that um, Leonard had decided to come back and was going to tell the team. And I don't believe that has happened yet. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, and, and, you know, I was in Chicago, so I saw the headline. I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, when I saw the headline, I'm like, this is awesome. You know, Jim Leonard's going to stay. Uh, a lot of people had said he really. Now, I will say this. Um, there is someone I know, and, and I texted you this. I said, there's somebody I know who knows Jim Leonard's dad real well. And um, so long story short, this, this friend of mine uh, got a hold of me and said, hey, this isn't true. He hasn't decided yet. And I said, okay, just let me know, you know, keep me informed. I said, but it's either way. It's, I mean, it's great news if he decides to stay and it's just his validation that everything we've heard about him loving the area, wanting to be in Madison, wanting to stay, wanting to be a part of the Badger program. Okay, great. So I texted him back and I said, Hey, is this, you know, did he get blindsided? He's like, yeah, he did get blindsided by this. 
because uh, everybody thought that he had the job, but he hasn't made a decision. I said, okay. Well, then I kept seeing the headline, you know, Jim Leonard staying, and I saw all these Badger fans saying, this is great. It's a great situation. It's good to have him on board. It's good to have that guy stay, and he knows the system. He's a Badger, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it, you know, obviously comes out that, oh, by the way, no, it's not decided as to whether or not he's going to stay. So it created a lot of consternation over the weekend uh, in regards to Jim Leonard. However, the guarantee rate bowl, Luke Fickle's going to coach it. I saw Luke Fickle. Did you see Luke Fickle do the uh, the live in his car? The press conference, yes. Yeah. It, it just, I'm like, press conferences are usually like behind a microphone or a podium, and he's doing it in his car, which oh. is good. I mean, he's hitting the ground running, I guess, but he's doing it in his car. And then he just, you know, he talked about it, didn't know what he was going to be coaching, didn't know what he was going to be doing, whether it's coaching punters, whether it's coaching fullbacks, what, you know, just but wants to be there, obviously, you know, part of all of this. I just thought, this is weird, but it's cool. That that's that was my thought. It was this guy's on the move, man. I don't know what he's got going on. I'm sure he's really busy trying to put his arms around everything. But it's weird, but it's cool that you get to uh, to talk to the head coach. Well, he's cruising around in his car. There's always going to be a Karen out there that goes, you shouldn't be doing this while you're driving. Keep your eyes on the road. Shut up. But it it, It was in the passenger seat. Yeah, he was in the passenger seat, but it was cool. Yeah, college coaches don't really have time to get in front of a podium normally, especially now. Uh, I don't know if, if you are on college football Twitter at all, but the transfer portal has just gone absolutely crazy today. Today's mm-hmm, the day right. it opened. There are like thousands of names that have entered. So he doesn't have time to do all that. He, he has a lot on his plate. But yeah, he, he will be the head coach of the bowl game, which is interesting. First of all, the bowl game's a Tuesday night at 8.15 p.m., which stinks. It's going to end at like 1 a.m. But uh, it's it's a rare situation to have a new coach come in and be the head coach for the bowl game. Usually you see the interim do that, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's coaching the bowl game with all of the staff that was here all season. And the guys he brings in aren't going to come in until after the game. It, it's very odd. Yeah. Um, did you like it? Did you like the fact that he is going to coach it, that he w- does want to wrap his arms around it, that he, he does a, a press conference from his car? I mean, yeah. I, I'm more encouraged by the fact they're playing in a bowl game. Because Fickle comes in, he he has so much to do, and it starts with recruiting the own roster. Like he has to try to make sure that all the big time players, and really all the players, stay. Because the more guys he loses, the harder it is to build instantly a team for next season. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they have a bowl game, he's able to be at practice every day, he's able to get a feel for everybody. I think it's very positive, and it's also positive for the players where they get to see what he's like instead of it being somewhat of a blind date. And they're just right. throwing a dart at the wall to see if they like it. So I, yeah. I, I think good, th- interesting things are happening for sure. Uh, so I liked it. Uh, I liked uh, you know the the way he kind uh, of addressed things. So uh, then you've got Graham Mertz. I am grateful for my time as a Badger. My time in Madison has taught me lessons uh, that go far beyond the football field. I want to thank Coach Chris, Coach Ingram, Coach uh, Keller, Chris, uh, our strength staff, our training room staff. And everybody that's a part of this pro, he did not thank Jim Leonard as the interim head coach. Did you notice that? Yes. He thanked all the offensive guys. Yeah, he thanked the offensive guys, but didn't thank interim coach Jim Leonard. Uh, he said he also wanted to express his gratitude for the great young men 
I was able to play alongside my teammates. Uh, we've been through a lot. Kept us going was our love for each other, and that is one thing that can never be broken. You know, I've decided that I will be entering the transfer portal in the pursuit of my next opportunity. I'll be entering with two years of eligibility. Letting everybody know, two years of eligibility. Come and get me, people. Come and get me. I was once a big-time guy, and I have toiled away in anonymity here in Wisconsin for whatever reason. So we'll see who ends up grabbing Graham Mertz. But Graham Mertz, Graham Mertz on his way out the door. There you go. I think he's going to have a very big 2023 for the record. I was just going to ask, now what happens if he goes off and plays really well? I think he will because he's going to transfer somewhere with a somewhat a, a non-inept off. Like he's going to find a productive offense and a productive mm-hmm. team. And we've seen what he is when the weather's not terrible around players that can play. Like he can play. He's not as bad as everyone makes it him out to be. But he's also obviously not what the team needed to win a lot of games and couldn't make some big plays when the team needed it. So I, I don't know. If he goes to a place like Kentucky, uh, places in the SEC, Big 12, that can surround him with talent, I, I think he can have a big year. He is always one mistake away from throwing a game away because he does play well. He gives you that look. And then he does something that just makes you go, what the hell are you looking at? That That's the only that, – Graham Mertz is not a bad quarterback. He needs time. He's not a big-time scrambler. He's not a big-time um, – you know, he, he does – can get rid of the ball rather quickly, but he's a guy that needs that time. He needs that extra half second to go through those progressions and reads. But there are times where he will make a throw inexplicably and he either doesn't see where the defender is or he doesn't care and thinks that his gun is better than his mind or equal to what his mind believes he can be. But he will always make one throw that makes you go, what the hell? And that's been his downfall. That's been his downfall at Wisconsin. So maybe he does. Maybe he finds a a quarterback whisperer, so to speak, that is able to give him the guidance he needs. And maybe he goes on for the next two years and becomes better somewhere else. I don't know, but nevertheless. Bill, um, I will say that I am yeah, go ahead. I am all the way deep into film of the lower levels of the Sun Belt, trying to find Wisconsin's next quarterback. <laughs> I have... I have some names. If if we ever want to throw names at the wall, that I can go clip it when it happens. Okay. I, I have names. I have a spreadsheet. Okay. Um. The let, let me ask you this: Is next year's starting quarterback on the roster now? No way. I, zero chance. Really? Well, they only have two quarterbacks on the roster, and one's a, Chase Wolf is a senior. And right. Burkett's a redshirt freshman, and I would be, I would be floored if Luke Fickle comes into a situation where there's one more year of the West, and maybe he has a team that he could build through the portal, and whoever stays, I would be floored if he went with a redshirt. I, I guess it'll be sophomore to start under center. I he's got to go with someone experienced. Okay. I would say how good is your freshman because then at least you get to hang on to him for a few years and watch him progress through the system. So by the time you actually get your guys in in the second or third year, 
your quarterback has then become really one with the system and has grown rather than making another change here in a year or two. You know what I mean? Yes, I don't think it, it I don't think he's a transcendental talent necessarily. And Graham Mertz kind of showed I, I, us I don't know. I just know that coming out of Franklin, I mean the and I'd only seen him play a couple of times, but I just know that the um in this in this area in which I live is not far from Franklin. I just know that there's a lot of people here that believe he's a real deal. Yeah, I think he and definitely people that, can people be. that people that follow high school football said, "Oh no, this guy's first time coming out of Wisconsin in a while that you've had this level of quarterback play that you can say this guy could lead the Badgers uh, to bigger and better things." And so I, I just, I have always been of the ilk, and I never understood this because you because Luke Fickle's not coming in with a predetermined quarterback. He's not coming in with a Graham Mertz to make a loyalty decision on or anything like that. He's coming in with a completely open slate. And if this guy's got any ilk at all, wouldn't you rather grow him in your system than just go out and get a rental for the next year or two? In today's world of college football, not really. No, yeah. I also think that Graham Mertz showed us the perils of having to start a quarterback before he's ready, where he had to start as a redshirt freshman during covid and I think he was negatively impacted by that experience in a somewhat broken offense. I also think that he didn't have a great offensive line. They didn't put a lot around him. And I'm not negating anybody. I'm not downplaying anybody. But he just didn't have dynamic talent when it came to dynamic, you know, uh, wideouts and such. And I'll be perfectly honest, I don't think it was the best coaching staff around him. Oh, I think it's very clear that it was not close to a good coaching staff around him. Yeah. Given yeah, I, all I the changes the that are staff. being yeah. made, I, I just uh, I don't I think he was put in a bad situation. Do I think he's a great quarter? I think Graham Mertz was overrated. I, I now he may go prove me wrong, but I think Graham Mertz was just overrated. Came in with a lot of expectations. Certainly looked like it in game one, and we're like, wow! And after that, <laughs> right down the crapper. Very much hit or miss. You said it yourself. You'll have one good game, and then another game, you'll go, what the hell was that? That was that was awful, uh, you know. And to me, it all started in the trenches. The the big offensive lineman, the three hundred and twenty pound offensive lineman that they've been producing year after year after year after year after year, they haven't either got or haven't gotten the, the cream of the crop. They haven't been able to build that offensive line inside out, and it is it is certainly shown over the last few years, no doubt about it. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. Come back. Got a lot more to get to. Uh, I still, we still want to talk a little Brewers baseball. That's coming up as well. But at least now we found out why Ben wanted to beat up Santa. Talked a little Badger. Badgers get a win over the weekend as well when it came to the uh, in-state rivalry between them and Marquette in a very loud environment at the Fiserv Forum on a nationally televised game, which I got a chance to watch a little bit of sitting at the bar uh, down in Chicago, which was good stuff. This portion of the program brought to you by Wisconsin Harley Davidson. Go to WISHD.com. That's WISHD.com. Harley lover in your life, whether it's gift cards all the way up to motor clothes, parts, accessories, cool things for the bike, whatever it is, they got it. They're doing all kinds of specialty stuff every weekend, leading all the way up to Christmas as well. 
get your gift on for any Harley lover in your life. Go to WISHD.com. But better yet, get your ass to Oconomowoc just south on Highway 67 out there in uh, Oconomowoc right off of 94. You can't miss it. It's right behind the Dockhound Stadium. Stop in. Look at the selection of bikes, motorclothes, shirts, knickknacks for Christmas, knickknacks for the house, uh, outdoor gear, indoor gear, whatever it is you need, they got it. Go to WISHD.com or just stop in and tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ballpark Commons, that's in Franklin, Wisconsin. They, they have got 57 bays on three stories overlooking the 250-yard uh, long turf range. And, and they're open year-round. They got some blasting heaters up there. As a matter of fact, they are investing in more heaters up there. So if you want to go hit some balls, play some golf, you bet. They also have the Enchanted North Pole located right there at Lux Golf. It's open uh, Friday through Saturday. Leading up to Christmas, uh, also Thursday, December 22nd, the experience itself includes cocoa for everybody, spiked cocoa for adults, brunch and dinner. Mrs. Claus is going to be there doing some treats, photo opportunities, storytelling. You can meet with the elves. And these aren't those drunk-ass, nasty elves like Ben ran into over the weekend. Not a fat old drunk Santa. This is cool. They've got uh, the, uh, the honorary diploma for kids from Elf University. Unless you feel like a kid at heart, you can get yourself a diploma. But good stuff. The Enchanted North Pole, you can find it at EnchantedNorthPole.com. That it's EnchantedNorthPole.com for the website. But uh, down there at the Ballpark Commons, the Rock Complex in Franklin. That's where all of this stuff is located. And uh, Just go in and check it out. It, it's really cool. I've been down there numerous times between hitting balls and a couple of meetings and just going down there to have a beverage. That's where the Umbrella Bar is located, where we took our motorcycle ride through this year. That's uh, where the uh, Milkmen play. The, uh, the Ski Hill is now open. So, so many cool things down there. Um, or the Sledding Hill is now open. So many cool things down there at the Rock Complex. Good stuff. Good people down there, too. 877-867-1670. Um, this is from, Ch- I don't know if it's Chepe or Chepe. Uh, Noyan says, Hey, unit, isn't it the responsibility of the small market owner to become a large market? Are there no other ways to secure more money for this team and free agency? Talking about the Milwaukee Brewers when we were talking about Justin Verlander signing a contract today at $86 million over two years, $43 million a year to go to the Mets. Um, I, there, if you can't make more money, if you don't have a way to do it, there's no way to get it. Am, am I sitting here saying that the Brewers are going broke? Hell no. They're making money. They're making money hand over fist. Okay? They make money. But when it comes to media, market, marketing, merchandising, and such, big markets have the advantage. They just do. Successful big markets have even more of an advantage. Thus the Yankees, thus the Mets. Uh, you know, you take teams like Boston, L.A., both more so the the Dodgers than the Angels, but you get what I'm saying. You take some of the bigger market teams. Take Houston, for example. Houston's got a really good market there, big market. 
they just don't utilize it the same way that uh, it, it's it's more football than it is baseball, but they've been able to really utilize that money and make a lot of money over the last few years, specifically in the last two decades or decade and a half more so than anything. But big market teams like that have a distinct advantage. I mean, even you know, the Cubs, I know they cry poor mouth, but the Cubs, it's like, come on, you own it in, in, in Chicago. There are Southsiders that love the White Sox, don't get me wrong. But it's 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 a market of over eight million people in just the local Chicago area. That doesn't even include the outside portion of the the state and area, you know. So yeah, it's uh, they're 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 a big time market too. The the Brewers just can't compete with that monetarily. So to say, can't, isn't their responsible responsibility to become a big market? Yeah, it's the old adage though: what comes first, chicken or the egg? Because in order to make a lot of money, you got to be a winning team and a winning team consistently. And, and the bottom line is you're still not going to get the same money in local television rights and media uh, and, and radio rights and such and media market rights as you would in a big market just because of the to- totality of reach. Like the entire state of Wisconsin is like closing in on 5 million people, whereas you've got 10 to 12 million people just in the greater New York area alone. It, it dwarfs in size. Chicago's got almost 9 million people, and although it's been a mass exodus out of the state of Illinois, and it probably will be after the first of the year once the new laws take effect, but it's still a huge market. L.A. the same way. You, you can't, you know, you can't compete with that. And that's just the L.A. area. That's not the entire state. So you see what I'm saying? So you, you can say, yeah, it's your job to become a big market. Well, that'd be great. But you got to take a couple of stabs at it, and if you don't get it, then you got to kind of reboot. That's the problem. Whereas the Brewers just, you know, <laughs> the Brewers can't look at somebody and go, yeah, you know what, no big deal. We'll throw you $86 million bucks for a couple of years. When you're struggling because you threw Christian Yelich $29 million a year, $27 million a year, and he's not paying off, and you're kind of like, well, now what do we do? You know? You don't have that to throw around. The the Mets do, and that's what I'm saying. That's part of the problem. 877-867-1670. Uh, 877-867-1670 if you want to find it. And here comes this lousy little Santa. <laughs> I wish the lousy little Santa brought some cash to the Brewers. That'd be great. Be, uh, this is from Ian, who says, uh, watching Justin Verlander sign that contract to go over to the Mets is just disappointing. There's no way in the world the Milwaukee Brewers can ever compete with anything like that. If we need a player just for a couple of years to go out and rent, we have to look at the sub-Verlanders. We have to look at the guys in mid-market range that we have to take a shot at, hoping they perform rather than buying the guaranteed arm. Well, nothing in baseball is guaranteed. We all know that. But Verlanders had this long track record of success. That I will agree with you. Nothing is ever guaranteed. Uh, and we have seen teams in the past go out and spend a lot of money only to fall woefully short yeah, because it just, for whatever reason, hasn't worked out. So nothing is guaranteed. But the, the issue is when you have that kind of money and you spend it, if it doesn't work out for that one player, eh, it's not terrible. It doesn't cripple you. Where it does cripple the Brewers, that's the argument against it. And I could sit here and pontificate about this for hours. We could do a whole four-hour show. And bitch and moan and gripe and complain about how there's inequity in, in Major League Baseball. And, and the, you know what? At the end of the day, it's you and me peeing into a fan. 
That's what it is because it's never going to change, and all you're going to do is anger yourself and anger everybody around you, but it's never going to change. Nothing's going to change. Baseball will not allow it to change. It's just the way – baseball, I think, uh, the purist would love to see a – they would love to see a uh, a salary cap to make the playing field relatively equal. But that'll never happen. The, the the players' union will never ha- It'll never happen. And God knows the current commissioner has absolutely, positively zero stones to ever push that agenda. Will never happen. Devil's advocate here. Yes, Justin Verlander has the worst World Series ERA of all time. But he'll still get them there. And they correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they just still win one? No thanks to him. Well, but he still got him there. Fair point. Throughout the season, yeah. He still got him there. I mean, that's like Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw couldn't win in the postseason. And then finally he started winning in the postseason. You know, you, you still have that guy that you have to account for. I agree with you. I mean, Verlander's not been great, and it's been very well documented. And they talked about it almost ad nauseum whenever he started this past postseason. But he's still a guy that's going to get you there. He's still a guy you can count on for – double-digit wins throughout the season. So some of those games that maybe come close that he pitches you out of or pitches you past or stops the bleeding or what have you or extends that win streak, that's what you have in Justin Verlander. And and, and thus, in essence, getting you, um, you know, a, a good seed and getting you to take the pressure off to where your guys can go out and just kind of do their thing because you know he's going to get you wins throughout the season. I, the, the whole postseason thing, I think, is a little bit overinflated because you're suddenly facing the best team, one of the best hitting teams in baseball, usually on a night-in and night-out basis rather than finding a, a cheap team in between. So I agree with you. But I yeah. think everybody, there are some people, very few people, but some people that have pitched exceedingly well in the postseason that just rose to the occasion. Uh, I go back to when I was younger, uh, back in 90, 89 and 90, watching Jose Rio pitch. When it came up to big games and big times, that guy just excelled. And when they won the went wire to wire that year and ended up beating the mighty A's, led by Tony La Russa and the Bombers and all that kind of stuff, and, and Ricky Henderson and they had Eckersley and everybody, they were supposed to be just a juggernaut. And I watched Jose Rio just mow those guys down. He really pitched well when the when the pressure was on. But most guys, most pitchers who just roll throughout the regular season, uh, much like we always talk about padding your stats against bad teams, they I don't want to say pad their stats. They just they just beat bad teams and then work really competitive against good teams, and that's what you're supposed to do to ultimately win. And his postseason record obviously has not been great because they've gotten the better of him, but they still get there because of him. 877-867-1670, hit us up. 877-867-1670. Get back into some Packers chatter when we come back. I still want to go back to it. I got some more uh, emails that had come in because we weren't out on the stream today. Uh, more people wanting to chime in via email to talk about the Packers and what they want to see the Green Bay Packers do. So let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get back into some of that chatter. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, where they were doing some really cool stuff over the weekend. More charity meat raffles, more charity events, giving away Bucks tickets, Badger tickets for basketball. A lot of cool stuff that Ryan and his staff do for charity. So stop in if you're out in the Lake Country area over uh, by Pewaukee Lake. You just want to come in and get a sandwich. You want to get a good pizza. Just want to get a beverage and watch a game. It's a great place to do it. They have all kinds of different leagues and entertainment there as well. That is Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill over there on Pewaukee Lake. 
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. time of year a lot of people don't think about getting new homes unless of course you want to you know put a big family in uh, in your home for the holidays uh but you can get fast pre-approval and a, a, you know a preferred lender my buddy scott ellis he's the one that went through uh you know everything with refi for me uh when i needed he did an outstanding job and he's always available provided a great rate and i know the rates right now aren't perfect but you know as scott and i were talking the other day he said hey look you can buy a home right now that's fine go through a a year, six months, eight months, whatever it happens to be as to what it's going to be, or even two years. And then it starts to drop, and then he can refi you time and again. And uh, all you got to do is get a hold of him, 414-791-7771, 414-791-7771. And uh, Scott's a great guy. You can get cash right now to pay off some of your debt. You can do some refi with him, uh, some home equity stuff with him. Go to Scott Ellis team.com scott ellis e-l-l-i-s scott ellis team.com that's scott ellis team.com or just call them 414-791-7771 it's just to look into your own finances to take you know maybe something that you have equity in and use that equity or possibly uh be moving into a, either a better upgraded situation downgraded situation whatever it happens to be 414-791 7771 414-791-7771. Okay, wanted to get back into the Packers stuff. And uh, this one is from uh, Cornell, who says, uh, Hey, unit, love listening to the program. Missing you on the stream today. Yeah, for those that are paying attention to the stream, uh, piece of equipment not working uh, because it got dra- <laughs> the bellman at the hotel dropped it. So uh, we hope to get it fixed and, and fixed tomorrow. And if not, uh, maybe the next day or so after that. But we'll get it taken care of. Um, Cornell says, uh, I don't want to see the Packers lose, but I want to see the Packers win enough games and be able to use Jordan Love so other teams get a chance to witness him. If he gets a game or two under his belt where he plays extremely well, do you think his draft stock goes up? Uh, and I would assume you mean draft picks for him. Yes, I do. When other teams get a chance to see him um, go through his progressions, throw the ball with authority, command a huddle with authority, maybe move the team with authority, and then obviously work with some of the young wide receivers and be able to hit a couple of guys for some big passes, key passes, maybe do a few things that we had not seen him do uh, over the last year. Yeah, I think it, it dramatically could increase his value. There's already an innate value with him anyway. But I think much like us, okay, most people realize the drafting of Jordan Love, the timing of it, is what through this, and really underestimating Aaron Rodgers to a certain extent, is what threw this whole thing into a tizzy to begin with, right? It, it, just the timing. It doesn't mean Jordan Love's a bad guy or an awful quarterback. It just means the timing of this whole thing just really, there was other needs, and it's created a, a, a tough situation, okay? A tough situation. And then you expound upon that with now you're at a crossroads, you know, if you don't have Jordan Love, you don't have a decision to make. You're just like, look, we're in this until Rodgers decides to call it a career. Yes, we'll continue to look at things and say maybe we should evaluate this season or next season or what have you and get ourselves another backup quarterback of better ilk. But 
you know, for the most part, no. You're just you're looking at this going, no, we we we're just trying to evaluate things. That's it. So you just yes, you'd love to see him, but I don't want to throw away the pie. Not while you still have it. There are some that just want to see Jordan Love now. Let's just play him now, get it over with. We know they're not going to the Super Bowl. Who cares? I think you got to, as a franchise, this is where it becomes tough. As a franchise, Mark Murphy's a businessman. He wants to see the team be relevant, people excited, stands full, people buying the beers, people buying the jerseys, people buying the brats, the hot dogs, people showing up, paying the parking, everything. He needs to see that on a continuous basis. Brian Gutekinds has to evaluate the talent level of the quarterbacks that he has. And also, then, you have to figure out what, what Aaron Rodgers' situation is going to be. And make sure that he is coming back, which I believe he will. But make sure that he's coming back. And then you got to figure, as him and Russ Ball sit down, they manipulate the roster and the salary cap, and they kind of figure things out as to what they're going to do and what kind of money they're going to have and what they can roll over and what they're going to need to cut off next year. So then you can put the best team on the field and make another run at it with Aaron Rodgers while you have him still in the, in the fold. Because you know you got another year even to decide after that if you want to, right? In the meantime, you've got this... this you know, what should be on the island of misfit toys, this misfit that you drafted in the timing of all of this is just bad because now you got a decision to make and you've already got a quarterback. You don't necessarily need one, but you got a guy that could possibly be your future, but you're not really quite sure. And, you know, so uh, yes, I understand all of that, but you're in this predicament because of the choice to begin with, you know, because you felt you were going to use him or need him at some point. And Rodgers has proven that you just don't have to have him at this particular point. And so you got a decision to make. you got to figure it out. But I'm not going to cut off the season because I have to see what we have in Jordan Love. You know? And, and that's also, don't forget, that's taking into account that if you do, it's not necessarily guaranteeing that you're going to lose. But you would like to see the season mathematically pretty much done. You could then say to, to Aaron and Jordan, this is what we're going to do. You know? It's it's it really is. It's a it's a really tough balancing act for Brian Gutekinst and and, and Matt LaFleur. I completely agree. Uh, 877-867-1670, Uh, Candace says, I'd like to see uh, Aaron Rodgers play over Jordan Love as long as they can. That means this team still has a shot at the postseason. And as we know, in the postseason, throw the records out the window. Anything can happen. Uh, looked like he had a great time in Chicago. That's from Candace. Candace, Candace thank you so much. Yes, we did. Talked about it earlier in the show. We did. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, and this one is from Jake. Uh, real quick, Jake says, uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers playing, we all know he's the diva. He has to play. He has to pad the stats. He has to get the records. In the meantime, the team continues to falter and go down the tubes, all because of Gutekind's bad pick. It is a bad match in Green Bay. I say blow it up, start over, clean house, let Mark Murphy put his own people in there one more time before he calls it a career. There is no way in hell you're thinking you're that kind of person that gets like a piece of Ikea furniture. And as you start to put it together, you strip one bolt. And instead of improvising and overcoming, you just beat the hell out of it with a hammer. 
and break it and go, it's Ikea crap anyway, I don't even need it. And then you go off to Steinhoffel's and buy something. That That's that's <laughs> that's who you are. I I get that sense. Just blow it up, beat the hell out of it, be done with it, screw it. That's who you are. I really... <laughs> You don't blow everything up because you're unsure of what it is you're going to do. You got a plan going in. But I just, I just get rid of them all. Fire them all. You blow it up one more time. Just get rid of everybody. Start over. You're not, you, you're, this is not the Cleveland Browns. You're the Green Bay Packers, for God's sakes. You've been competitive for three decades. You take a bad season, you fix it, you move on. You figure out what you're going to do later down the road, you move on. You hedge your bets, you move on. You don't blow it all up and start over. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We'll come back. Mike and Cudahy, you'll be first out of the shoot. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers beat the Bears here at Soldier Field 28-19. In the first quarter, Bears quarterback Justin Fields ran past Keyshawn Nixon on a 55-yard touchdown run to go up 10 to nothing. I just felt like I was moving slower than my top speed, but I don't know. I got to check the uh, GPS on that and see how fast I was moving, so we'll see. They said you were over 20 miles an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I like to hit like 21. 21.5, something like that. So I got to do some extra sprints or something. Green Bay trailed most of the game. Jair Alexander, the highest paid defensive back in the NFL, gave up two deep passes, including one to former Packer Equinemia St. Brown. That one led to a Bears touchdown. Jair says he got yelled at by his teammates at halftime. They came here in the locker room, they yelled at me. You know, they said it was your fault. You got gave up that, that long pass. I was like, all right, cool. And everybody, everybody got on me, you know. Did you yell back at him? No, no, I took it. You know, you know. You, you know, as a man, you got honor to what you're doing, you know. Then in the fourth quarter, Alexander picked off a Justin Fields pass. Rasul Douglas forced a fumble. And Keyshawn Nixon got an interception to secure the win. Matt LaFleur on winning the turnover battle. Our guys kept battling. They stuck together. It was great to see contributions in all three phases. I think anytime you're you're plus three, you're going to have a, a great opportunity at winning the game. And, you know, it was a great fourth quarter. So the Packers improved to five and eight and head into the bye, having never lost to the Bears since Matt LaFleur took over Aaron Rodgers another fourth quarter comeback I told the guys in the locker room you know we, we played good enough to beat anybody in the league and at times played poor enough to lose just about anybody you know this was a different Bears team you know they got a talented quarterback who's got a chance to be around for a long time so it's competitive game but definitely didn't want to be walking in here losing to the Bears it's been a nice eight straight for us that's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers in Chicago I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels show show continues on this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at new male medical treating guys with ed erectile dysfunction everywhere all over the state of wisconsin well beyond the borders they have a couple of locations in wisconsin milwaukee and green bay but one phone number 414-455-4451 that's 414-455-4451 call them 
and uh, and give them a shout and just say, hey, I uh, heard you can uh, 98% sure of helping me. And they will say, where'd you hear that? And you can say, on the Bill Michael Show. And you say, yep, come on in. Uh, and then uh, don't forget, to, it's the All-in-One Weight Loss Program. This time of year, I know everybody's doing a little partying, a little extra drinking, a little imbibing, a little fun. Uh, but uh, give them a shot at it. They can really help you out if you want to lose some extra pounds. Make 2023 the year of you. The new year, the new you. Again, New Mail Medical, 414-455-4451. Um, this is from Art, uh, who says, Missed you yesterday at the Waukesha Christmas Parade. Uh, my family traveled from La Crosse just to be there. What a special day to see the dancing grannies uh, pass by. Uh, he said it was great to, to put that together with a Packers win over the Chicago Bears. Uh, and your whiskey collection continues to grow. I appreciate the email. Thank you very much. It does continue to grow. I got, um, now I know this goes under the heading of nobody cares, but I got a really good bottle of the 10-year batch, single batch of Whistle Pig. I really I, don't care. I know. I got the 10-year batch of the what somebody had recommended was the chicken cock. I got that. Uh, I got another bottle of the uh, Angel's Envy. I have uh, already the a couple of different Elijah Craig's. Um, so yeah, got a got a couple of good ones. I have not been able to find the Midwinter whatever it is dream. I have not been able to find that. But uh, yeah, got a got a lot of good ones. Kind of getting into it now, actually. Uh, and Ben, I know you don't care. You're not much of a whiskey and or bourbon drinker, are you? No, I like it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a uh, now? The one thing I don't have is a Buffalo Trace. I don't have that in my collection yet. But uh, is there a go-to for you, or is there just uh, whatever happens to be available and cheap? I uh, well, yes, which always <laughs> falls under. It always becomes Jameson, no matter what. Jameson, really? I got now. I got a uh, new bottle of the Jameson Black Barrel. The Jameson Black. That is the Irish in me. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and I am not, uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a huge Jameson drinker. My buddy Craig, uh, the GM out at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, that guy can drink Jameson all day long. He loves it. But there is a distinct difference when you do the Irish whiskey versus the Kentucky bourbon. Uh, there is a distinct difference. Um, it, the, the Irish whiskey affects me differently. It, will, uh, it, it, it knocks me down and puts me out. So, and then there's a whole difference when it comes to being the like uh, Jack Daniels drinker, because Jack Daniels is up there. It used to be just a bottle of Jack, and now everybody's gotten into the craft whiskeys, and and now there's barrels and sur- single barrels and and twenty year barrels and single twenty two. You know, I mean, it's just there's no more mixing, and it's just it's everything's different now. Now you can find ten different styles of Jack. It used to be just Jack Daniels, Maker's Mark, Jim Beam, whatever. Now it's different styles of all of those as craft whiskeys and bourbons and such have become so, so, so popular. Did you guys hear any of that? Really? No, no I agree with that. No, not much, not much at all, but anyway, eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. We're not done. We got another hour yet to go on a Monday. You know what that means? You know what that means? Mike Clemens in the house. Who, by the way, in case you missed it, I'll, I'll repost it over on the Facebook fan page. But as we're driving home last night, Mike and I and Kristen were in the car. We're talking. We're chit-chatting about our day, about what's going on. And next thing you know, bam, 
Santa Claus drives by on a motorcycle. I kid you not. Coming out of uh, Soldier Field last night, Santa Claus flies by on a motorcycle. Now, it wasn't the drunk Santa that uh, Ben saw, but Santa Claus flew by on a motorcycle. So I'll, I'll repost it over on the Facebook fan page so you can see it. Stay tuned. Another hour yet to go on the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.